class emails. Hi. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And every couple weeks we get together and we read your emails and give you a very, very satisfactory answers. Mm, so satisfactory that you're not even going to need sex anymore. No, you're going to hear the answers to these questions and be like, ooh, touching my tingle place. Ooh, feels <laughs> oh, good. That's My boobies are making, making jizz. That's what ha- happens, right? That's how sex works. Is that sex? I don't know. Our first email. Uh huh. Oh my god, this is so long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see you next week, everybody. Oh no. (laughs) Let's see if I can skip around a little bit about. Save it for later. Come back to it. Um. Okay. Our next email. <laughs> nice. Our next email is from Counselor Nelson of the USS Saul Bass, which I which will make sense in a second. Okay. Uh, howdy, Troy boys. Big <laughs> fan of purple jumpsuits here. Hell yeah. My question may not be great for a podcast since it has to do with visual media, but I'm genuinely curious about your thoughts on some of the graphic design elements in Star Trek. Especially okay. since Jeff is a designer. Sick illustrations, by the way. Your work is clean. Thank you. Nice. Clean. That's a good. That's a good compliment. That's really fucking good. Um, the Elkar's user interface and unique emblems and aesthetics for each faction—Federation, Romulan, Klingon, etc.—truly uh-huh. add to the world building and make the universe more believable, in my opinion. Do you yes. have a favorite logo or aesthetic in the Star Trek universe? Uh yeah, I love Elcars. Elcars is great. Dude. Was that uh Herman Zimmerman, right? Is it was he the designer of that? Uh no, he made the doctor. He made the doctor? Who yeah, made Zimmerman. The El- uh No, yeah, Herman Zimmerman, right? The Star Trek guy. Nah. Okuda. Herman Zimmerman. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Herman Zimmerman was the art director and production designer. No, who worked Akuda. Thank you, thank you. No, his name is. It's like a dude. Uh, what the fuck is that? Michael Okuda was the was the technical design like technical consultant and design okay. specialist. All right. Well, Herman Zimmerman was the art director, so I don't know who takes credit for what. Herman but. Zimmerman. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh it is my. him. Well, the th- the thing about it is, the Elkars are called Akutagrams, so I'm thinking it's him. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, I love Elkars, and I love <laughs> I love the emblem, the like the uh, uh, first contact uh, Starfleet emblem, like the the badge, like with that squared. Oh background. yeah, yeah. That is that is a cool emblem. I like that one. Uh, I feel like DS9 is a really, really great place to see, like, full yeah. full bar, like, the different aesthetics and, like, yeah. design of each faction. Like, Yeah, uh, I think it's cool, too, because it's, like, a, a Cardassian station. Exactly. So you're not getting all the, like, all the Starfleet shit. You see, like, Cardassian shit everywhere. Like, all the Starfleet people wear their Starfleet shit, and they have their little Starfleet ships. And... Yeah. Uh, you get the Bajorans with their outfits and stuff. I think they have pretty cool uniforms and stuff. So, look com- looks comfortable. It does, especially Kira's looks good. Um, uh, <laughs> Kira, I love 
I feel like it was a mistake for Star Trek to drop the specialized emblems for each uh, like job. Oh yeah, you for like each division. That. Uh, I really I'm okay with that. I really love that like operations command and sciences all have their own emblem. Well, on- Jeff. Let me tell you about a little game called Star Trek Online. Oh, do tell. Do the, tell. The can the canon in game um emblem is the delta with the with whatever job you are on it. Oh, that's so, good. That's so, good to me. I like yeah. that. So that's the one. You can use it. Like And I, they also have a really cool one. I'll try to find it. They have a really cool one that I use on my characters. It's like a minimalist like delta. It's really cool. That's cool. Uh, it's like, like it's like just the outline of it. The Elkar's interface is like so visually attractive. Like yeah. it's like candy, right? Where everything is in colors. Yeah. But it's also so easy to read. Like if you've ever used the interface, like there are things that you can download to mess with the interface. Mm-hmm. And there are some websites that have the interface as well. Like everything yeah, is color coded. I had, I had a, a Winamp that was that. Dude, I have my background on my cell phone is Elkar is set awesome. up. But uh like everything is so perfectly mapped out because graphic design at its core is just what works best for the human eye. Yeah. Like figuring out utility is always like at the core of design. Like you Oh, can- what's that called? What's that that something door? It's like it's like a when something doesn't function correctly in a design. It's called like the it's someone's name, like the something door. I don't remember. And I'll fucking find it. Satchel would know. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, like at the core is like of course like design can go like the Swiss style or whatever, where you're just trying to do something that's visually interesting, yeah. even if like the information doesn't come across as well. Right. There's a lot of that in the '90s too, with like kit bash style of yeah. of like lettering and stuff. But functionality is at the core of design, and I feel like Elcar is just like super fucking fucking functional. It's yeah. not, um, it's not great for like tons of information. You end up right, with the same need- block information and in paragraphs when you right. have to do it in Elcar's, but it's absolutely excellent for menu navigation. Right, if you need to, like, do certain jobs for, like, a certain thing, you can lay it out, like, how you want to for that, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I it's, thought it's that like, was neat. It's endlessly, like, customizable. Yeah. And... That's, yeah. I mean, it was just made for the show or whatever, but it works as an yeah, actual really system. Smart. It's really smart. It's really... I, I like the way it looks, too. Just the colors of it are, like super late 80s early 90s and that like tickles me you know oh I'm yeah like, look at this like 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 uh, like sunset orange in like like purple <laughs> it's like something about it just <laughs> it, it is feel good. It, it brings you back to that time because yeah. of the colors that were used it, it was like the late 80s early 90s you throw some fucking colors in that shit right yeah and oh, like the it enterprise of toys from that time too oh yeah like just the, the way that toys like felt and looked. I don't know. I can see that. I can I, I'm just gushing so about Elcars because it is my favorite aesthetic. Yeah, I love it too. It's it's one of my favorites. Also, I love it. And the thing that I really love about it is like you know the original series the the bridge is like brown and red and black and yellow and yeah. like purple lighting on the walls and shit. It's very colorful. 
Yeah. When you get the next gen, everything is like gray and beige. Gray, beige, right. and black. But Elkars is all these beautiful Still colors that. that are constantly glowing in the background. Yeah. That's cool. So that is my favorite aesthetic. I like that too. I'm going with that. I'm stealing yours. That's fine. <laughs> we can be the same man. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love uh, the Romulan aesthetic with like giant fucking eagles all over everything. <laughs> Dude. I think I, I tweeted that uh, the Falcon Stadium has that big Falcon out front, and I was like, what is this fucking stadium one, Romulus? Jesus, fuck. I, I love the I sounds. retweeted that one. Dude, I love the sounds of the Romulan stuff. It just it's, it makes me feel good. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, and, so, and the Starfleet sounds, like the, like, the computer sounds make me feel good, too, but something about the Romulan sound effects, like, soothes me. Oh, I understand completely. Because you've Maybe heard them so much, it like brings you back to your enjoyment. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. Because you know when they the sound effects appear, you're supposed to be scared of them, but it right. just doesn't work that way. Backfired. <laughs> um, did Star Trek shape the way you create art, Jeff? Well, mm. if you've seen any of my graphic design, it is very much fields and shapes of color to block in the text. So yeah, mm. it's very Elkars when I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never really looked at it that way, but it is really. This dude just fucking opened you right up on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, he really did. Crazy. Uh, so it's the USS Saul Bass because he's like an amazing, super like famous graphic designer of the past. Uh, I bet he would know the answer to the thing I wanted to know. Probably so. Unlike me, a shitty graphic designer of the present. <laughs> um, and, of course, he mentions that he has a real soft spot for the Romulan Star Empire logo. It's dope as hell, and we also Dude. agreed with that, obviously. Uh- so I've been playing Elder Scrolls, and I'm in the Dominion, and it's basically the Romulans. Well, it's like it's like America meets Romulans, and like, yeah. and I'm like, oh shit, I'm just like, there's like eagles everywhere. I put a fucking big fucking eagle tattoo on my chest in the game, and I was like, <laughs> yes, this dude loves all eagles. Uh, thanks, guys. I've been a big fan of Josh's stuff since the early continue days, and I'm glad I can hear you two talk about one of my favorite shows for hours on end. Big fan. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Thank you, Counselor Nelson. Great email. That was a great email. Damn. 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 We should have ended with that. <laughs> that probably should have been the last one. Everybody has a high bar to meet now. I know. It's tough. Uh, our next email is from Jay Siner. Hi, Jay. Who said, uh, Jay Siner, who is a patron of ours. <gasps> what? That's, that's a good time for a commercial real quick. Sorry, oh, Jay Siner. No! Uh, I want to take this opportunity to tell you guys that M-Class Podcast is on Patreon right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through the tears and everything this time since you heard that a week ago. Or on the same day if you're a patron, because you can get M-Class emails on the same day as M-Class Podcast if you're a patron. Holy shit. Uh, I am going to tell you, however, that you get to be in a Discord channel full of cool people. That you, is, that's true. Uh, gain You can gain, like, only patrons are going to get our M-Class Podcast Discovery Series. <gasps> Uh, there's Josh and Jeff talk over movies. You'll get early access to that. Movies! And uh, you'll get early access to Jeff and Josh shoot the shit 
a podcast that's all tangents all the time. Yeah, we just talk about what the frick ever, dude. And hey, maybe you can even get entered into a drawing for a full-color commission of the art I just talked about a bunch. Holy shit. For free. Except the money you pay for Patreon. (laughs) So, uh, think about that. Great commercial. Are you finished thinking about it? Because we got an email here. Let's read the email. They can think about it more. Jay Siner says, Salutations, Trek lads. I finally got around to starting TNG, and I just finished Code of Honor. Woof. I know that even though you both are obviously huge Trek fans, there's a lot of Star Trek content that is completely terrible. But despite all the garbage, it's still a great series overall. Mm -hmm. I can think of a few series I love, despite there being a lot of entries I don't like. So my question is... Huh? (laughs) Mantis. Mantis? Nobody nobody remembers Mantis. No! Look it up, up, kids. Jesus, even I'm too young for that one. (laughs) So So my question is... (laughs) Go ahead. So my question is, are there any other franchises you love as a whole, even though they have a spotty track record? Mantis. <laughs> I mean, no, Man- Mantis was just a stupid show. I'm going to have to go with Manimal. Manimal? Manimal. No, I'm not really going to go with Manimal. <laughs> like, a spot, like a spotty track record, like as in, like, it's not very good? No, yeah, a spotty easy. track record in the, in the like... It's got great stuff in it, but it also has shitty stuff. Like yeah, how Longmire. Star Trek does. Longmire. Longmire, Longmire, yeah. Longmire. That's Number very one. true. It's great, but it's terrible. And I yes. love it. Like, unapologetically, I love it. Yeah, so. I'm not going to apologize for loving Longmire either. That show is fascinating for everything it does bad, just as much for everything much it does good. good. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a weird show. It's one weird show. But um, I love it. I'm gonna have to go with a video game. Okay. A video game series. Uh, okay. And that video game series is going to be Mega Man. I was gonna guess Mega Man. I love Mega Man to death, but Mega Man has 800 versions. Yeah, there's a lot of Mega Man. And there's a, there's a lot in Mega Man that isn't great. Like, yeah, after, like I, I know six. a lot of people will fucking crucify me for this, but I was never a fan of the Mega Man Zero series. Well, there goes all of our patrons, Jeff. <laughs> Fuck! Now would be a good time to announce our new podcast. Uh, Jeff and Josh talk about how much we love Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's Mega Man Classic, X, Zero, yeah. Legends, uh, yeah. Star Force, and, like, EXE. Right. And most of it's fucking great. But uh, there, there is some spottiness in there. Yeah. And Mega Man is like one of my favorite series of all time still. So That's a good I, one. I mean, even Mega Man X has like a bunch of great fucking games, but the higher the number goes, the worse the game's probably going to get. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. think I'll go with that one. Even though there's a million series out there that I love that have spotty track records. Yeah, there's there's like... There's like that like that like line, right, of like it being completely bad and loving it or it being like somewhat decent and loving it and yeah. it's like a big gap. Wait. So Looney Tunes is Looney a great Tunes? example. 
Why? Because Looney even Tunes though is great, even though Looney Tunes is fucking immaculate for the most part, there are uh, dozens upon dozens of episodes that are just horrifically blatantly oh. racist. Yeah, besides the racisms, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> besides the racism, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, there's a reason why those are banned and you don't see them anymore. Yeah. I love Looney Tunes, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Like, Or like Tom and Jerry when they went to Chuck Jones and it turned all weird. Yeah. Ugh. ugh. Um, I'm, I love Chuck Jones' early stuff and, like, his middle yeah. stuff, but, like, later on he gets real cutesy and weird, and I'm not a yeah, big fan of that. It gets real goofy. Um, like... It was a sign of the times. It's a good thing they have the thing on it that says, you know, it's a sign of the times, and you know, we don't endorse this racism or whatever, and like not right. showing it will like you know erase the history of it. Right, and you can't ignore you can't ignore it on the right? DVDs, it's... but they mostly just edit it out everywhere else, and that's fine. I'm 100 yeah. cool with that. Yeah, it's still you can still get it, I guess, if you want it for like yeah. I don't know, like, I educational don't, purposes. Uh, yeah, educational purposes is a good way to put it. Yeah. But, uh, like, Looney Tunes is a great example of that. There's a lot of shit, like, terrible, terrible, like, legit terrible, horrific things in Looney Tunes. But for, like, the most part, 90% fucking immaculate. Yeah. I love Looney Tunes, I'm I do, sorry. I do, too. I love them. I can't not love them. <laughs> I grew up with that shit. Not the racist shit. I'm not that No, old. I actually didn't know about any of that until I was yeah, older because I saw it we all in kids, reruns that was edited. When we were, yeah, when we were kids, that they weren't showing like that. No. They, which, did, they did show Speedy Guns also, which we, we talked about before. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate that like they don't show Looney Tunes anymore because of those like connotations. They yeah. treat all of them like they're the racist episodes. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's also like... People don't want to show old stuff. That's 100% true, and They're I hate like, it. Why would we show this old thing when we have 75 seasons of Teen Titans Go we can put on? God damn if that ain't true. <laughs> uh, if you like Teen Titans Go, uh, I'm we're sorry, I guess. Uh, now's a good time to announce our new podcast. Jeff and Josh talk about Teen Titans Go. Uh, it is 14 hours long per episode. <laughs> That's and it's just us screaming. It. Oh, I mean, y- yes. yes. What? 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 Our next huh? email is from TJ, Hi. who uh, titled the email, Do Star Trek Aliens Dream of Electric Sheep? Which <laughs> I, I thought was, was cute. If they had, like, a sheep animal on their planet. Yeah. <laughs> he also uh, calls us Boys to Trek Men, which That's I like. amazing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, without scouring through some damn wiki to find the actual specifics, I have to assume okay. that all of the planets that the aliens in Star Trek universe are from are all different sizes and distances to their respective stars, meaning right, that their day or night cycle, lengths of weeks and months and years would all be wildly different. Uh-huh. This is true. You learned that in Deep Space Nine with Bajor. 26 hours. This makes me wonder. Do you think sleep schedules on a Federation starship are just fucking wild as hell? Uh, I would assume it's as wild as, like, any ship. I guess, like, the Enterprise, though, is, like, predominantly human, so it would probably just be 24 hours. Maybe, like, overall, like, the Federation adopts, like, a new, like, time standard, and it's, like, 28 hours or something? They use, like... 
I mean, it really depends on where they're stationed, I think. Like, there's right. probably a standard for ships that are constantly moving. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But it's I'm not sure what Earth it is. Standard. It probably would be just Earth. Probably. One of the benefits of starting the Federation is you get to use 24 hours in a day. Deal with it, fuckers. Also, Andoria or is, like, a moon. So, like, who knows? Like, who fucking knows? Like, that thing could just true. be in the darkness forever. Who knows? Uh, he continues, while Earthlings need their seven hours or something, what if there was a tiny little alien from, like, a baby planet whose entire day spans five Earth hours? Is there a standard time once you join the Federation and you just have to get used to it? Or are there some specific species that work, like, a 30-hour shift, like it's no big deal, while another spe- species can only work for two hours before they need to rest? Is this yeah. level of minutia tedious and boring? No, I think this is great, because it's true, like... Okay, so there's, like, tiny baby alien who can only work for two hours a day. Then that's all they work, is two hours a day. Oh, yeah. There's, like, the Federation is going to work around your abilities and your schedule. That's how... If, like, your shift at fucking Target can work around your other schedules, the Federation will. Yeah, they definitely will. Also, it's possible that they could, like, make it so you could, like, stay up longer. Or, or, you know, like, maybe they'll give you, like, some sort of supplement that makes you sleep, like, less or more or whatever. Like, who knows? Oh, yeah. It's the future, baby. Yeah, there's all kinds of fucking space magic going on. So go to the doctor and be like, I need to sleep for this amount of time. Give me some shit. (laughs) (laughs) There is, uh, M-class planets have to be within a certain size limit. Like, there's, yeah, a, there's a size limit from small to large that M-class yeah. planets have to be within in order right. to be M-class and support life. Like a Goldilocks zone. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it has to be a certain distance from the star, depending on, like, what kind of star it is. So if it's, like, a super hot, like, blue star, it'd be, it could be farther away. It could be, like, the ninth planet. Um, but if it's, like, an Earth star, or, like, a yeah, like a sun star, it would have to be, like, where we are. So it's all just random. And it's like, like it's like relative. Everything yeah. is relative in space. Then you got like the Tholians though, who live on this like radioactive ball. Like how like, the fuck do they do just, that? They're just crazy. They're just fucking weird. They spiders. are absolutely fucking crazy though. Yeah, they're insane. <laughs> they're crazy xenophobes. That's... Meaning they love Xena the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> they hate her. Xenophobes. Oh, right, yes. They, they fucking are, hate are her. her. They're scared of her and her cool circle thing that she throws. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, TJ ends his email by saying, Thank you, and I love you so much, I'm shaking. Awesome. Been there. Our next email is from Christopher Mitchell. Hi, Christopher Mitchell. Do I know this Christopher Mitchell? It's possible I do. Uh, they, I, know, they tell, I know a Chris Mitchell. They say Christopher Mitchell says what their Twitter is, but I'm going to guess they don't want people to know. Since okay, it yeah. says you don't have to read this part on the podcast when he tells us. Okay. Anyway, he says, I've always been bad at starting emails, so uh, anyway... Trek Boys! hey I just got into your podcast recently and been binge listening to them on my commutes to and from work, and it makes the traveling a lot more bearable, so thanks Thank for you. that. Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah. I had a couple of pitch it or ditch it's that I thought I'd run by you. Oh, shit's it. 
<laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. I really tried to give you the silent response, and it just I didn't was, happen. I've been awake for like 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one. Data finds a deactivated android during a distress call rescue mission and connects power supplies to turn him back on. During mm-hmm. the power transfer, uh, transfer, there's a spark and both androids shut down momentarily. When Data wakes back up, he's perfectly fine. When the distress call android wakes up, he starts calling Data father and asking how he's alive. <laughs> a version of LOL is now occupying the android along with the oh, original program no! sentience. When the crew of the Enterprise don't know is the android found has a fully functional emotions chip installed and activated, which is something LOL has no experience with. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> LOL 2, electric boogalol. Dude, not only... <laughs> You've been up for 20 hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not only could you get a lot of, like, funny moments out of that, like, legit shenanigans, but that would be fucking, like, tear-jerking that Data has yeah. to... Because he'll have to give her up again by the end of the episode. That feel, I feel like I feel like I can't do that twice. I'm gonna say ditch it, because I can't do that again. I can't Man. get rid of LOL twice. It'd be so fucking emotional, I can't. I, can't. I just can't. I can't. Especially I can't. if, like, they found out that the emotions chip was, like, erasing LOL's personality and memories from the robot. Oh, shit, dude. Holy fuck. But if they take the emotions chip out, LOL will never be able to experience emotions. I can't, Jeff. I said ditch it. No, I'm gonna pitch it, because that's fucking amazing. I'm so sad already. Yeah, me too. I, I guess I would pitch it because it's making me feel sad. Yeah. So that's good job. You fucking activated our emotions chip. Yeah, my emotion chip is fucking fused into my brain now. Great. I can't take it out. <laughs> I uh, will try, though, later with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Unfuse it. Uh, Picard and Riker land on an uncharted comet for a standard survey mission. And Riker calls Picard, Dad! (laughs) I heard this one already. It's really awkward in the office for the rest of the year. (laughs) No, this didn't happen to me. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, Upon landing, they notice there's a slight vibration or hum coming from everywhere on the comet. They exit the shuttle and go to collect samples for studying back on the Enterprise. Uh, once their drill enters the comet, the vibration stops, and a loud, deep noise echoes across the surface. Quickly figuring out that the comet is actually a large, spacefaring life form, they stop the drill, but the creature is still bellowing. Picard then calls back to something he read by an old Starfleet captain who loved to mention how elephants would vibrate when they're happy. Oh my god. <laughs> That's actually really funny. He orders Riker to put the samples back and do so gingerly. Riker, confused as all hell, does so, and the bellowing stops, with the vibration returning shortly after. The comet is marked as a life form and endangered species, and the Enterprise crew goes on their way. I think that's a a good idea for an episode. I do too. I like, oh shit, it's actually a species... Episodes. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm into that. I think that that's cool. So I would, I, I think, I think it, we could work it a little bit. I think it needs some work, but I would, I would pitch it. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you could do the old standby and have like another faction there. Yes, who yeah, doesn't understand that it's yeah. a life form, and then they have to or like they, protect the life form. Yeah, or they know that it is one. Like, you find out that they actually do know what it is, and they don't care. That's true. It turns into like a like a poaching. An allegory. Damn, you should be writing Star Trek right now. 
I should be. <laughs> Call yes. us, STO. I should be. Uh, Fuck. I'm also really bad at ending emails, so I'll end it with this. Live long, and props to you guys for making the most kick-ass Star Trek podcast. Christopher Thank Mitchell. You. Thank you, Christopher. Thank That's you. That's super nice. Uh, P.S. Suggestion to make a series called The John Larroquette Power Hour and talk about celebrity <laughs> guest stars on Star Trek. Oh my god, that's brilliant. I would love the lawsuit that would come from that. <laughs> Dude, we, oh my god. We'd have to do a power hour, too. We'd have to drink a shot of beer every minute. The John Larroquette power hour. And then we would die. Then I then we would die because I can't drink beer Yeah, like we're that. both old men. We can't fucking yeah. do that. I can't do that. But I would try just to do it. Our next email is uh, not signed, so I'm just going to say Charles. Okay. Charles. He says, Hola, Trek hombres. Hello. I wanted to get your opinion on serialized versus episodic storytelling for Trek. I prefer okay. the episodic format, if only because a bad episode can be skipped pretty easily. Do you yes. think that with the path that's being taken with Discovery that they'll go back to an episodic format? <sighs> um, I'm going to say, like, okay, here, here. this might be an unpo- unpopular opinion, but I feel like the uh, episodic uh, episodes of The X-Files are more fun to me than the the like main story arc episodes. So yeah, I agree with that actually. Um it's like ins- the X-Files is set up absolutely perfectly to be an anthology series where it's yeah, just yes, these characters yes. going from like crazy shit to crazy shit. Right. And I'm and I'm okay with uh Discovery being that way. Um I don't think uh I mean not to give too much away for our uh Patreon or whatever, but I don't think like it works that well in in that show, and I don't really feel like it works that well in Star Trek in general. I think you need the sense that this ship is being out there for a long time. Like, that that helps the wonder and the mystery of the show. So, I would love it if they went episodic again every now and then, but they probably never will, so... It's, I feel like Discovery would go more episodic if they felt like they had a misstep with the first season, but they don't. Yeah. It, yeah they we don't. live in this era now where, like, if a loud majority of people, if, like, a majority of people start complaining about something, they're treated like they don't matter and they're just hating. Right. And the people who, like, love it are treated like they're the majority. Right. When they, really the majority, the majority is people who are completely ambivalent. Right, most of the people are just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And Discovery is very divisive, so I feel like it's literally probably split down the center. But, like, yeah. half of the audience is treated like their opinion doesn't matter whatsoever, and they're just being assholes. So. I feel like the show's divisive to me, myself. Like, because there's parts of it when I'm like, alright. Most of it, though, I'm just like, uh Yeah, I can uh, agree with that. <laughs> I can agree with that. Like, I always, like... Well, in this podcast, I'm pretty fucking open about the fact that I don't particularly like Discovery. Like, yeah. I have a lot of problems with it. When I do oh, yeah. other podcasts and talk to people, like, I tend to be much more reserved with that opinion. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've talked about it before. If you dislike something, you're like fucking Hitler, right? You're well, you gotta allowed, prove, like, the burden's on you, right? Yeah, you're not like, allowed you to dislike prove. something. Right. You gotta prove why you don't like it. And it's like, well, it, it's not good. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, when you watch a good thing, and that's that's the real problem, is, like, people don't watch good stuff, so they forgot that feeling. They forgot that feeling of, like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, yeah. when I went to see uh, 
Mad Max Fury Road with Mike, Dude. and I and, and we watched the movie, and we were just like, my our mouths were agape. We oh, were like, yeah. holy fuck! And people in the movie theater are like, like the uh, the first like chase scene happens in that big storm, and there's that moment of quiet. People in the theater were like whispering like. Holy shit! Yeah, it's because like they had never seen anything like that before. Like they never saw a movie that did that to them before. So, Dude, you know when the when the credits come on during a normal movie, like people immediately stand up and start leaving. Yeah, like the credits came on in Mad Max Fury Road, and we all just sat there. Yeah, quietly for a couple minutes, and then people started getting up and get out because we yeah, were like, all just fucking blown away. It like fucks you up because you're like, my god, that was a crazy adventure. Yeah, it's like, like that was sensory bananas. overload. That movie is yeah. like, I kind of wish I could get that experience back. Yeah, where I went in with like okay expectations, like this will be a pretty okay movie, and I was yeah. just completely fucking blown away. And it's not because the movie has like a deep meaning, right? And it's not because it's like. It has like super compelling characters. It's, it's a all simple the story. action. It's just a, a simple action. It's like a like a um, death proof. Yeah, uh, that's it's true. like death proof. Where you're like you're on a ride. Like this is a fucking ride at this point. Which, by the way, is the exact opposite thing Star Trek should be. Before yes. somebody's like, <laughs> yeah. you yes. don't like that because it's Star right. Trek when it's actiony. Right. It's not. It's right. So yeah, I I, I I think what we're getting at is like they probably won't ever do that. I think it would be good to do it, uh, it like in spurts, right? Like you could have yeah. like four episode arcs and then move on to like another thing. But I I don't see them doing that. I feel so. like a season if they just did a season of Discovery that was episodic, that would be a great way to get to know these characters better and feel yeah. more invested in them. Yeah, you rut yourself into, like, weird corners when you're doing, like, a serialized version of something. Like, you can't focus on, like, certain characters or you're, like, shoehorning them in to do certain things and it doesn't really work that well. And, like, when the stakes are that high, everybody's, like, at this level of, like, adrenaline that you don't really get to know their characters at all. They're all just panicking person. Yeah, they're, 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 yes, they're afraid version of that character and it's like, but, I don't know. But yeah, fucking Discovery sucks. <laughs> I I stopped watching it. I was like, I don't. I finished it, but I know uh, what happens. So I guess that's a cool thing I know about. <laughs> um, Charles continues. Hope that was a good discussion because it's time for a double dose of Boston Sean's patented all natural corn fed twice baked pitch it or ditch it corn fed, huh? Oh man. Uh, number one during the Enterprise era, Josh's baby era. Yeah. Uh, sensors detect a Minshara-class planet. That's an M-class planet, for anyone who didn't know. Yes. Uh, two weeks away that the crew hopes to make contact with, but by the time they get there, the planet is decimated. Oh, no! Storms are breaking out, and a bizarre pattern of electromagnetic particles is emanating from the air, disrupting sensors. It's a fart cloud. The- <laughs> they discovered two weak life signs aboard a space station in orbit, and take the malnourished aliens to sickbay. Analyzing the computer shows that the planet was on the verge of warp technology, and during the first launch, a warp bubble was created too close to the atmosphere and destroyed the planet. Ooh, I love this. Ooh, this is good. (laughs) The bulk of the episode comes from the survivors having to deal with what's happened and trying to figure out what their options are, and ending with them being transferred to a ship headed to Vulcan so they can make records of their world for the Science Council. Oh, that's so good. Dude, I love that's that. sad as fuck. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dude, you know what would be good as well? What's that? Is uh, have the two remaining aliens be a male and a female. <laughs> yeah. I was and have say. them faced with the, the idea the that if they do not copulate, yeah. then their species is over. However, yeah. they hate each other. Yeah, they're not. Comp- they're, they don't like each other because that guy farts a lot. Yeah, he makes the fart cloud that destroyed the planet. That's what. That's what happened, right? I I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love it. I'm it kidding. Is I really love, fucking good. I'm I love pitch that it. idea, and I love the idea that like, you know, I anything with a first contact, I love, and I love the idea even more of like sometimes first contact you don't make it past that membrane. You yeah. Know? Sometimes first contact goes wrong, and sometimes those are yeah. the most interesting episodes. Yeah. Um, the next pitch it or ditch it in this email, I don't know why I said that, mm-hmm. uh, the Enterprise runs across a godlike being who decides... Rumpelstiltskin. Would, Rumpelstiltskin decides it would be more fun if the entire crew was toys. <laughs> this is pretty much so we can hear Bones complain the whole time and say, hold on, Jim, I gotta wind up the nurse. <laughs> my god. Also, let's make Spock a teddy bear that Nurse Chapel carries around. This Not- is like an animated series <laughs> episode. Not terribly deep, but the kind of fun one-shot you don't get in any of the 90s series. Pitch it for the animated series. There are yeah. far le- there are far more crazy episodes than what you just said than that on that show. Hold on, Jim. I gotta wind up the nurse. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Um, loving That's the show and can't wait to see the Satan Collection. Keep That's... up the noise, Trek boys. Satan Collection. Fuck yes. Satan. Satan. Six six six. This a devil podcast now, boys. Uh, our next email is from Boston Sean himself. Oh my god, he's back. Who says, Yo, Trek boys, over here. You forgot the Voyager, Romulan. Alright, let's close this. Okay, next up, next email. <laughs> next email. Uh, we forgot the Voyager Romulan episode, and There's as Twitter one. has proven, Voyager equals good. There's one, and it's not that terrible but it's not even that romulan no so. there's they find a tiny wormhole and there's a romulan like uh freighter ship on the other side or something and they talk to it's him. a yeah it's like a star base and it turns out that they're talking to a romulan from like 30 years in the past because wormholes fuck with time yep which is pretty cool and i do like that yeah but it's not bad i just didn't want to watch voyager again. i didn't want to watch it either so that's why um, we didn't do it <laughs> it's it's the seventh episode of the series and keeps trying to tell the audience that the crew will be able to use the wormhole to get home. Were viewers really that dumb? Yeah, that's Voyager, man. And like even to the point I think we talked about this before, where they're they're like in season five and like they find like something and Janeway's like, Oh, here we go with this again <laughs> And you're like, Yeah, no shit, you know? Uh anyway, I have a quick question, only slightly trek related. What is your favorite method of faster than light speed in fiction? Personally, I like Battlestar Galactica's cool glow key. Thanks, dudes. Oh, uh, the uh, FTL. I like warp because it's like, yeah, kind of like feasible. Like I, I know I'm gonna get a bunch of sciencey sh- like fucking shit about this, but like. There was, like, a thing that NASA did where they, like, made, like, a mock-up of a warp ship, and they, they were like, eh, we, we might be able to, like, get away with this at some point. And, like, I think that that's cool. I think it's a cool idea that, like, it, like, 
fold space so that the space behind it is is uh, larger and in front of it it's smaller. So that's how you cheat Einstein, right? Well, I think that's really you, clever. Einstein, you piece of shit. Yeah. Other than that, like anything that makes like a, a wormhole, I guess. Like that's kind of like what uh, hyperspace is, right? In Star Wars, it's sort of yeah. just like a. They're just making like wormholes. Apparently, you can just fucking hyperspace anywhere, anytime. Yeah, it's nothing anywhere. ever goes wrong. Yeah, it just takes. You just have to know the route because, like, the route is important. I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> warp is also my favorite because I love yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> it also looks exceptionally cool, and it always has. Yeah, I don't. That's the one thing I don't mind about the JJ track is the warp. How they do it, I don't. They mind. show the warp bubble really, which I thought was cool. Like that's kind of cool, yeah. And I like the sound of it. I like that. Um, thanks for the email, Boston Sean. Thank you, Sean. Our next email is from Austin, the King of Goblins. What? I didn't know we he had a king. I mean, they had a king. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he signed it that. He signed it. He's the king of goblins now. My liege. Uh, his <laughs> his email is titled Learning Through Osmosis or A Comedy of Errors. <laughs> this is a very fancy email. Which I really like. I love anything <laughs> mentioning a comedy of errors because that's my fucking life. <laughs> uh, hey guys, Josh, you've retweeted me thrice on Twitter and it's my big favorite accomplishment. Oh, well, excellent. Jeff, I really like your art that you do for the podcast. Do you do anything else? Well, I post art on Twitter all the time, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. he gets naked for me. Not for <laughs> art, though. That's unrelated. No. I mean, it is a form of art. Technically. Love is art. Making love. <laughs> Jamaican love. Bacon love. Mm. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm a little hungry, too, now that you mentioned that, but... <laughs> Yeah, I post art on um, Twitter. I'm working on a comic right now as well. Like, I've been yeah. working on it on and off for a little while. So I know about it, so you don't. Yeah! Yeah, deal with it, nerds. I'm cool. <laughs> uh, question. I have no prior knowledge. Oh, by the way, my Twitter is at underscore Jeff Pennington, by the yes. way. Uh, question. I have no prior knowledge about this series outside of listening to this podcast. I started listening because I implicitly jo- trust Josh's opinion on media properties, and I've loved yes. every, every episode you guys have put out. Thank you. That's a very big compliment. That really is. Really yeah, crazy. it really. He loves you, man. That's nuts. For a lot of people think that my opinions are like really terrible. So. <laughs> they would be people who, wrong. <laughs> people who I've known for a long time and who like are my friends think this. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm your friend, and I think your opinion's good. Yeah, I know. Except about Slimer. What the fuck is up with that? (laughs) I fucking love Slimer. (laughs) You leave him alone. Fucking Slimer. He's been through a lot. Yeah, he's been through being shitty a lot. He had to drive that bus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For someone like me, who is alien, (laughs) to this subject... (laughs) Nice. Where is a good starting point? Thanks in advance, Austin, the King of Goblins. That's a big question, man. Star Trek and I would have different. Yeah, okay, we do have the same thing. Start at TNG. Uh, probably season two. Start at season two, episode one, or just suffer through the first season. 
What's well, well, actually, a good thing to do is if you search online, you'll find a see a bunch of uh, watch lists for yeah, Star Trek TNG. Uh, find one that has the most episodes on it that isn't yeah. all of them, and follow <laughs> that one. Yes. And you'll find that there are some episodes that just don't hit you the right way at all, but you'll eventually just completely fall for Star Trek, and there'll be no way out. Yep. That's I've what never, it does to you. I've never met anyone who watched a bunch of Star Trek and didn't l- fall in love with it. Yeah, you'd have to be some kind of like weird, like, not person. Yeah, you have to be a monster. Like a goblin. Oh, shit. Probably like oh, serial shit. killers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's the king. Jeff, did you know he's the king of them? Oh, my liege, I'm so sorry, please. You better ask for penance, or he'll cut your two dicks off. No, I need them both. I just got the second one. <laughs> I just got enough Patreon money to get the second dick. <laughs> Our next email is from Graham, who is a pal of mine. Hi, Graham. Who says... Your crackers are delicious. Yeah. You said that last time he sent a thing in, actually. He needs to know. He needs to know. It hasn't changed. Yeah. I just wanted to tell him again. Oh, my God. He doesn't even, like, say it's a pitch it or ditch it. He just typed it. He, like, there's no in, There's no <laughs> How introduction. How presumptuous of you, Graham. There's Jesus. N- there's literally no introduction and no signature. Oh, well, I guess we'll read this, because we have to. <laughs> Jesus, Graham. You couldn't have even said hello, Graham. Never mind, Graham. Your cookies stink. (laughs) A plot. Nog goes to get advice for another Starfleet officer that was the first of his race to join. Worf. They don't get along at first, but Sisko decides to send them out on a mission where they need to combine their skills and come to an understanding. Oh, I love it. I'm back on. Graham, your crackers are great. That's really good. Oh, there's a B-plot. Okay, B-plot. B-plot. Rom accidentally discovers how to replicate gold-pressed latinum. Uh, I don't... Oh, but then finds out it turns back into the base materials after a few days. (laughs) But not before Quark takes takes a bunch of it to buy something... More new all along, but they wouldn't listen. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm still on board. I'm 100% on board. This is a pitch yeah. it. Yeah, that's a that's a hard pitch it. That's really good. That's a really good episode, Graham. Yeah. That's very in the spirit of the show. It's very good. Our oh, next email is from Brandon L. Hi. Who says, oh, hey there, Trek boys. Why, hello. I like how he just turns around. Oh, hey. Didn't see oh, you hey. there, Trek it's boys. It's like he's like a, like a sitcom, right? It's like the introduction, and he's like, oh, me? Oh. <laughs> After writing my first email a month or so ago, I realized Ever? that I really wow. liked writing them. Because we've had email for since, like, the early 90s. I mean, it's like it's the first email you've ever <laughs> Damn. We got judgmental Josh on this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know what he meant. You guys answered my question and even gave me some things to think about once the episode was over, so thanks for that. Oh my god. I don't remember this email, but I'll look it up. I don't remember either. We answer a lot of them, so... Don't blame me! (laughs) Blame Josh! Blame me, I'm not the king of anything. King of sadness. Oh, that's the fly man. That's a reference, everybody. <laughs> and by the way, we got a Patreon. Oh my god! <laughs> After listening to your episode on profit and lace, 
my friend Alex and I decided to rewatch it with a friend who had never seen. St- why? No, why'd you do that to them? At the end of the episode, he just said, "Well, that was a Star Trek. Indeed, yep. it was." Now, now you gotta dig that hole. You gotta dig him out of that hole, man. You can't leave him there. I think that's a true testament to Star Trek. Despite showing him an absolutely terrible episode, we laughed and talked about the implications of the episode at length. And it made our friend curious enough to watch more episodes. Yes. Really? Profit and lace, huh? Oh, whatever works, man. <laughs> he was like, how, how many more times does this sexy female Ferengi show up in this episode? <laughs> in the show? Where's that hot Ferengi Yeah, at? where's that lumba at? I need more lumba. Lumba. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to try a pitch it or ditch it about this, but I think just asking you guys your opinion about this might work better. Mm-hmm. Two characters I found incredibly interesting were Inabrin Tain, head of the Obsidian Order, yes. and the ch- and Chairman Koval of the Tal Shiar. Mm-hmm. I love the episodes that featured them in DS9, especially Inter Arma Enum, Silent Legus. I don't know how to say words. Uh-huh. I hope you guys review that someday. Hey, Probably. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we saw these two organizations team up against the Dominion and get their shit wrecked in Omerian, in the Omerian Nebula episode. Yes. But what if they were to go up against each other? Both organizations uh, have their own strengths and weaknesses, but I'm really curious to see what you guys think would happen. Romulans are going to win. Mm. Romulans ta- are like crazy. So... They're gonna win. There, I, I always feel like uh, it's like a tier system with the military, right? Like mm-hmm. you got the big three: you got Starfleet, Klingons, Romulans, and then you got the next tier, which is like Cardassians, uh, Breen are probably down there. Uh, what's another? What, what are some other ones? Fucking like on that same level? Uh, I don't know. I feel like did you say the Dominion was on level one as well? Oh well, yeah, the Dominion is like insane so yeah so like i don't know who would be on that level as well to be honest that's just kind of like the way i kind of think about it yeah there's definitely levels like i i don't know like i don't know if cardassia has like the uh the stomach for like the kind of fighting that the romulans would pull off because they're like nuts and they'll just crash things into your planet so i don't know that's just my opinion uh, he, I'm not giving my opinion yet. Okay. I'll hold it. Okay. Uh, would Tane in his prime be able to go toe-to-toe with Koval in his prime? Romulan mm. versus Cardassian in hand-to-hand combat. I would totally get pay-per-view to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a fist fight with him? Yeah, hand-to-hand. <laughs> Tane might win, because he's like... Tane's a big dude. He's a big boy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I choose. Oh, go ahead. Go, go, you go. Romulans. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Like the Romulans are like the Romulans are like sneaky, like the Cardassians. But like Romulans also have like a superior military, which the Cardassians are like all subterfuge. Yeah, the Cardassians rely a lot on like the uh, Obsidian Order. Like like the Romulans rely on the Tal Shiar, but the Tal Shiar are more like a, a a scalpel, and the Obsidian Order is more like jackboot, like brown shirt Nazis. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're not really like 
they're not really like super like good at what they do. So I don't know. The the Romulans are like they have like this great military that's like completely separate from the Tal Shiar as well. Yeah. yeah. Like the the Cardassians got their shit wrecked by the Klingons, and the Klingons and the Romulans have known about each other forever, and the Romulans yeah. never got their shit kicked. Yeah, the so. Klingons beat the the Cardassians in that war like handily. Oh yeah, but you know, um, I don't know. He says, you guys are killing it out there, and I always look forward to more episodes. Oh, thank you. P.S. Josh, how hype are you for the new DS9-themed STO expansion? That shit looks intense. Fucking, I played it, like, two days in a row. I played it yesterday for, like, six hours when it came out, and I played it today on the stream, twitch.com slash continue show, and I love it. I love it. That's a good plug. Thanks. I've been working on my plug game. Oh, I know it. Uh, 420 phase up, boys. Oh. Love, and, love and peace forever. I couldn't Vape resist throwing in a common Rider Black reference for Jeff. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's, it's so Black. rarely that I ever hear about common Rider outside of the other podcasts, so I appreciate it. It's not so common Rider, am I right? Our next email <laughs> is from... Uh, Corporeal Cop Gallant. Oh my god. Okay. It's like Phantom Thief Goofus of the Mirror Universe. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. Uh, Well, Trek boys, I made it, despite your directions. Nice. Big fan of that barrel that crippled Worf here. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Anyway, you threw down the gauntlet last time, and this is how you fix Discovery. You have the writers actually watch some Star Trek so they can try and capture some of that can-do spirit of the show. Uh-huh. Here's another pitch it or ditch it. Again. Yes. TOS. Due to DNA fuckery, Kirk gets cloned, but this one seems different. This one is way more aggro and sex-obsessed, and it causes problems. No! We don't need this. This is the enemy within. We don't need it. Uh, Kirk ends up using his wits to outsmart this Casanova. Also, Spock <laughs> forgot he and Kirk's anniversary. Uh-oh! <laughs> 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 Alright, pitch that part. Um, this is uh, The Enemy Within. Yeah. It already exists, sir. Sorry. We don't uh, need another, like, Kirk's the slut guy. His evil half wants yeah. to fuck. <laughs> uh, TNG, the Enterprise breaks down on the side of Route 66 or whatever. Point is, the holodecks are out of order. To pass the time till Space AAA comes uh, to help, they play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a, a Freaks and Geeks episode. <laughs> Picard rolls a bard, Riker a paladin, Data DMs, Worf min-maxes a barbarian, uh-huh. and Wesley rolls nothing because he got executed, remember? Yes. His, mo- his mom, however, is a wizard. Nice. They all have a good time. Data learns that writing is as fun as painting his cat. It'd be fun if they, like, uh, were playing Dungeons and Dragons or something. I know this is, like, the, the like a very now thing. Like, everyone should play. This is a Freaks and Geeks episode where the, the cool dude plays D&D. It's also a Futurama movie, uh, Bender's Game. Mm-hmm. Um... But also, like, I think it would be cool if they were, like, if they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, like, 
if Q was like, oh, you like to pretend, and he, like, puts them into one of his classic Q things. Oh, yeah, you know? he, like, makes their game real. Yeah, it makes the game real. Like, he'd have to do something like that. And then Wesley gets executed. Yes. <laughs> I'll pitch that. Yeah, pitch pitch that part. I, I love I love a game, I love a show where people play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Or any tabletop game, like a show maybe uh, called Pretend Friends, where people like play Pretend a tabletop Friends. game. Oh, we forgot about another show that people actually like called Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they do that in that show. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Everything is like framed around the fact that yeah. they play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's like their way of like understanding what's happening. It's kind of cool. And here's uh, TNG POD two. Let's pitch it or ditch it. Okay. Picard tires of Shakespeare and tries to holodeck a fun scenario to pass the time before lunch. But what the fuck? The holodeck has no culture programs past 1990. That's weird. weird. Have people just not write things after a bit? <laughs> he then writes a play. It's kind of derivative, but Jordy likes it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Is that it? That's it. That's the show. <laughs> I like how... Uh... I like the commentary of how writing sucks now. I like that. I, I love... It's kind of derivative, but Jordy likes Jordy it. Jordy likes it. <laughs> I mean, I would. I need to pitch it to know what the play is. So I'm yeah, I want to hear the play. I want to see what it is. It'd be great if he just wrote Hamlet, but he called it, like, Damlet. And Damlet. Like, it just changed every name very slightly. Yeah. Or it would be even better if he wrote, like... Like Macbeth, but he changed he changed Macbeth's name to like Ricard. <laughs> like it's him. And changed like Macduff's name to like yeah. Jiker. <laughs> Biker. <laughs> and he rides a motorcycle. Of course. <laughs> oh, it takes place in like the nineties. It takes place in that Christopher Lambert version of Macbeth, where everybody's like a fucking post-apocalyptic biker. Dude, it, t- yeah, it, uh, it takes place in that, or the, uh, <laughs> fucking, what was I gonna say? Oh, the, uh, the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet universe. Oh my god, yeah, perfect. They still speak in fucking Shakespearean. Yeah, but, they're still speaking in that language. Uh, anyway, I also have a question, if I haven't taken up too much of your time, what with the tangents and the like... He knows. He He knew. He knew. He knows the show. Fuck. Uh, What do you guys think about people saying that certain people, I guess mostly, I mostly mean women and LGBT, LGBTQ folk in nerd Uh circles not allowed to like certain things without being fucking given the third degree. Oh, you play D&D? I bet you do it because it's popular, etc., etc. (laughs) It makes me want to stuff all those D-bags in lockers so that they can learn their place. It really makes you understand bullies, doesn't it? It really makes you understand bullies. I kind of get where the bullies were coming from, guys. I like kind of get These were the nerds they were shoving in lockers. Were they really so wrong for it, right? Uh, I think shit. that's fucking bullshit, right? Like... <laughs> Who gives a fuck what people like? Like if you if yeah, you like I never cared shit, about that like, shit. Why does it matter if you got into it because it's popular? It anyway? doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? It's just, not going to be popular forever. So no. who cares? Just fucking like what you like. Who gives yeah, a fuck? Like right? whatever you want. But Nobody people do get shit. that real fucking heavy because they're women or they're like LGBTQ oh, yeah, for, sure. for sure. 
And it's yeah. like, it's this sort of like mentality that well, like, I've, I've run up against it a ton with people who were like, you know, I got made fun of by the by girls when I was a kid oh for God. liking that shit or whatever. So and I'm, I'm like, yeah, times change, dumbass. Like, what yeah, do you, you mean want? you got made fun of by people because you were a child and that's what happens to children? That happened to everybody. I'm not like, I don't want to like diminish people's like bullying or whatever, but like a lot of people have had experiences like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, every nerd has been bullied. Yes. Like, do Everyone's you think been, these girls who like this shit weren't bullied when they were kids? Right. Everyone's got their own version of the bully. Like, that's that's a definite truth, I believe. And we were all terrible to each other when we were kids. Oh, so. for sure. I mean, like, Let's, and people yeah. do that to LGBTQ people because they're just fucking bigots, right? Yeah, like, well, that's the excuse, right? You can make whatever excuse you want. Like, oh, I'm just trying yeah. to, like, fucking make sure they like things right or whatever. Right. But no, nah, you're just being a fucking bigot. Because you're the, you're, the, you're the fucking gatekeeper, right? Like, and, it's like, fucking, of course people yeah. are doing that to women because they're just being sexist dick faces anyway, you know? Yeah, that's the, that's the real reason. I don't know. Yep. I can't wait to read the comments on this one calling me a fucking virtue signaling SJW. Well, Jeff, if you so. would stop being such a cucky cuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it's fucking, it's stupid. It's really stupid. It's, yes, sorry, yes. Uh, he signs it, go check out the Patreon, give these Trek boys yeah! money. Thank you. Corporeal cop gallant. I like, I like it. <laughs> Our last email of the night. Oh my god. Is uh, from Pezcorn. Fucking Pezcorn. Who says, hey guys, it's Pezcorn. Obviously. Hey Pezcorn. Hey Pezcorn. I just wanted to write in to apologize for the last email I wrote you. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be reading this. Hold on. Oh. He's just apologizing for his last email, which technically I don't remember. I don't so, remember either. So uh, I guess Probably you're in the. I guess you're don't in the clear. Need to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what you said. So yeah, I think you're a hundred percent in the clear, man. I did. I didn't even think about it. Probably after we were done. Not that I wasn't thinking about what you said, but I, I wasn't upset about it. So. If, if you thought we were upset about something you yeah, said. Yeah, I wasn't we either. Were. So, like, maybe he's writing this because he wants to apologize to the other listeners. He doesn't want to come off like a dick bag, right? Oh, he's not trying to okay. cause trouble or anything. So, sure. he just wanted to pass that along to the listeners, I think. All right. Well, I don't think, I don't think anyone thinks that. No, so. Pascorn's a good dude. Yeah, I don't think. Um, the, the secret about these emails is if you write something silly or whatever, like, I delete them all when we're done with this, so I don't remember any of it. Yeah, we don't so. really keep them because, like, why? You know? Yeah, we've already like, we've already talked to you. They're on the internet. <laughs> That's why it's up there. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, people can listen to it if they want, but <laughs> yeah. I guess my question is: Do you want to do a really long email, or do you want to call it a night? Let's let's save that one for next time. Can we do that? Yeah, I'm sure we can do that. All right, let's not forget it because I want to know, but I don't. We have, have two. We have like a, a shorter email that's uh, literally just talking about Voyager a little bit. So I want right. to do that one real quick. Do that one, yeah. Uh, this one is from Tom. Tom, who says, "Dearest Trek boys, long Hello. time, first time from the UK here. Hopefully not Oi! the only one." <laughs> that's what they sound like. I guess. Oh, it's <laughs> me, me, mate, Tom. Hi, Tom. 
Josh is Josh is uh, very culturally sensitive on this program. What? That's how they talk. <laughs> they sound like that. That's how they talk over there in England. Uh, Voyager obviously has a bad reputation, and whilst I agree that it missed a number of opportunities, on the whole, I think it does okay. Okay. I agree with earlier comments that it should have contained further conflict within the ship. This needn't be hostile, but instead focus on survival, balancing personal ethical considerations against unforgiving situations, etc. Oh my god, this is a great email. The idea of Kess dying at such a young age as perceived by the crew was a good example. How do you handle grief in a crew that has nowhere else to go? Being in the Delta Quadrant, Voyager was free of canon, but sadly ended up just having the Kazon rock up every other episode. How does that even work spatially? They they are every goddamn where. Yeah, and apparently like, they're like the fucking vermin of the Delta Quadrant. They're like shitty Klingons, and it's like, ugh, like they're just like, like they'll be like, I don't know, they'll they'll be like an episode where like they get the the slip stri- slipstream drive, and they'll travel like halfway across like where they need to go, and then like the next episode, here's some fucking Kazon. Like what the shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where the fuck are they coming from? Everywhere. They're in the fucking cracks, dude. They, like, stowed away and, like, snuck out and built a ship while we weren't looking? The fuck, dude? Uh, From what I recall, there were a few episodes of particular interest. For example, the one in which Tuvok has to protect a number of children, only to find out that the species ages in reverse. It was an interesting angle on how to respect and understand the cultures of others. Uh, I thought that episode was, like, really hokey. I don't remember it. Honestly. Like, he crash lands on a planet, and there are some children there, so he has to, like, protect them. Yeah. While they figure out how to get off the planet, and then it turns out that they're... Like, they say that they were marooned on that planet. Like, the... the Oh, right. The other people left them there, their families, and it turns out they're left there to die. Right. Because they're tiny children. Because they're the, little. I thought that twist was very Shyamalanian. They were from the Mork uh, species. Yes. The Mork, the from, Mork Orc from Orc species. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really kind of Shyamalanian, like a hokey twist. I don't know. I, it's it's Twilight Zoney, which is kind of cool, but uh, I honestly I don't recall that one. I, I probably skipped over it I don't, um, the last time I watched it. Probably. I mean, there's a lot to skip over. I skipped over. I skip over a lot of. Voyager. I skip over the whole series, really. <laughs> Uh, the Doctor was also a great story asset. The episode where he's revived in the far future to find out the people of the planet he wakes up on have skewed history of Voyager's impact. <laughs> it was a great place to explore the price of truth and the impact of shaking people's understanding of history. Yeah. Plus the episode plus the episode with the Prometheus is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the first one you're talking about. Yeah, that one's kind of okay. I- it's so hard with this show. It's it, it all for me. It boils down to the actors and their personalities are not very. Great. Yeah, like, they're not very good. Like you might have an interesting concept for an episode, but like yeah. it's how it's carried by the actors that really matters. The actors are a major weakness in that show. So, uh, meanwhile, I saw a few episodes of Discovery, and I can't say I found anything of interest. Yeah. I stopped at episode 10, I believe. I was like, I don't need to go. I, I, I didn't do it like consciously. I wasn't like, I'm done. It wasn't like one thing. I just didn't watch any more episodes. I was like, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to like, me to begin with the first yeah. time I tried to watch it. I was like, okay, I don't really care. And um, then I know, like, I knew what happened. I, like, heard about it. And I was like, well, I'm kind of glad I stopped there because it gets real fucking stupid. <laughs> 
Uh, you're not fucking wrong, I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah. Um, fucking... Just thought I would stick up for the underdog. Well, here's a fun fact for you, Tom. Uh, I put up a poll on Twitter <laughs> asking if uh, Voyager was good or bad, and it won good. So, apparently it's not the underdog. That, that either means that people are crazy or the Russians have gotten to our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Donald Trump is president and Voyager's the most popular Star Trek. Oh no! <laughs> That's too much for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll be back next week with just me, I guess. <laughs> Dude, fucking like, yeah, Voyager was was voted as good even by M-class fans. So it's not it's not an underdog. Like I feel like I'm taking know. crazy peel- pills about Voyager, right? Because like I, I, they'll they'll do these like quizzes on StarTrek.com. Yeah, and Voyager gets second place or wins. I will all tell the you. Time. I will tell you why people like it. Okay, I I I know exactly why people like it. It's it's comfort food. Oh yeah, it's, you talked about this before. It's the comfort food of Star Trek. It's not. To anything, it's not too good. It's not too terrible. I, even though I think it's like pretty bad, uh, it's just comforting to have on, and it's it's got some comfortable comfortableness to it, you know. And like people really like that. And I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's how I feel about like Frasier. Like I don't like Frasier. I don't like Frasier either. <laughs> but like I get like I get that it's a show that like it was on for a while and people really love it. But it's just—I think for people, it's just comfort, and that's what makes them like it. I don't that's know. probably true. I turn on TNG for comfort TV. I also do that at nighttime. Now that Futurama is on Hulu, and I got rid of my Hulu. I still have Hulu for some reason. I don't know why. I should get it again. But I, I, I don't know why I have it even. Oh well. That's what I said when I had it. I was like, why do I even have this? <laughs> I was like, I don't even watch this shit. Uh, anyway, a pitch it or ditch it. Yes. Uh, we never see the mundane jobs aboard. Who has to clean up all the bits of rock that seem to be inside all the computers and walls when they explode? <laughs> Who polishes the sailing yacht that exists as a console <laughs> on the bridge of the Enterprise in NG? <laughs> Fucking the exocomps do it. Following the daily ups and downs of a group of junior staff and a classic conjoining story arc, we get to see a glimpse behind the curtain flesh out some hidden depths of the main cast. I don't such as seeing Wesley's porno stash. <laughs> in the uh, no, is it Wesley's porno stash or is it Will Wheaton's porno stash? <laughs> What's the difference? Because if it's Will Wheaton's porno stash, it's Beverly Crusher. <laughs> well, he was ahead of his time. Have you ever seen that man's wife? <laughs> she's Beverly Crusher. <laughs> Are you serious? Like she's a redhead who's much older than him. Oh, I did know that. I knew that. I, I no, I I did see her. She's she's kind of short though. Um, in the end, we leave with a better understanding of how the Federation's culture works, and can finally answer who cleans the stains out of the dusty pink bridge carpet. I don't think anyone does. The ship cleans itself. Yeah, the ship cleans itself, and I mean they don't- like. There are maintenance people that work on the ship, like non-commissioned officers are usually maintenance on a ship. Yeah, like O'Brien, like he's the NCO, right? So he does, yeah. he, you know. Although he's, he's like the uh, transporter chief, so he yeah. only like takes care of the maintenance and upkeep of transporters. Yeah, but he's not a, he's not an officer, so he doesn't do like officer shit. Yeah, 
So, I mean, the ship cleans itself, but, like, anything that needs to be done, like, in a big way is definitely, like, non-commissioned officers. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know, like, I always kind of got the sense, like, especially during the Enterprise D era, that that thing is just built for fucking, like, perpetual motion. Like, it just takes care of itself in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it doesn't, you don't need a whole lot of, like... Unless something, like, really bad goes on, you don't need to, like, fix a whole bunch of shit ever, so. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say pitch it anyway. Yeah. Because it sounds like a Lower Decks, lower decks type yeah, of episode, it's, it's, and I, I'm I love super in on that. Yeah, I like that too. So I, I'm, I'm, I would be interested in seeing that on myself. Uh, thanks for all the hard work, and keep on with uh, trekking. Yeah! Now I'm gonna get fired. Your humble servant, Tom. Speaking of, we have a Patreon. (laughs) That, uh, if you... What a segue. If you guys would like to donate to it, I think I mentioned it before, then you can find that at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Twitter... At M Class Podcast. And yes. for some fucking reason, you can send us emails at mclassemail at gmail.com. Singular, no S. M Class yeah, Email. We will probably read your emails on the air. As you as you can see, some of them is some of them are like maybe a little too long for the show. But yeah. what I'm gonna do is maybe edit them down if they're too long and do them next time. Yeah, we wanna read them, but we don't we obviously don't have like all like night to yeah. spend on them so like but we definitely we try to keep appreciate we try to keep the emails episode under an hour and a half yeah that's what just, i'm trying to shoot for yeah it's a good that's a good uh, amount of time uh i would like to thank everybody who wrote in because yeah. i love you all yeah thank you so much no th- i love this uh the show the emails episode is super fun so like some like almost all of you guys are so fucking funny. Like, we were talking about, I don't know if it was in this one or the last one, about how people think they're funny. Yeah, these, yeah. And they aren't, but you motherfuckers are funny. I know. Some of this shit makes me laugh so much. (laughs) And I love it. Good pitch it or ditch it tonight, also. Yeah, there was some, like, legitimate shit that I wished would have been made. Yeah, agreed. That That came out Wharf episode was pretty good, so. Way to go, Graham! <laughs> Say hello next time, you asshole. Uh, it's me, Graham. Here's my shit. Yeah, just type that. Just type it. That's all. That's all it takes, Graham. So thanks to everyone except Graham who wrote in. I'm kidding. Thank you, Graham. <laughs> and uh, we will be back in two weeks' time with another episode of M Class Emails. Bye. Bye bye.